Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Mobile Suit Gundam Zeta, episodes 45 and 46. This week we also have with us Scotty P. Did you did you get down to your Toyota dealership for the gate of sedan savings? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> And Luke, I just I can't with you, Scotty. I just can't. Uh, that was pretty <laughs> awful, huh? Yeah. Uh, I'm the one on the show that's not even a dad. That was bad. That was a bad dad joke. Zeta, episode forty-five, coming from the heavens. Uh, this is. This is a pretty good episode title, I would say. I, I'll give this one a uh, B plus, A minus. Yeah. Because, I mean, the next one is Seraka yeah, Rises. Oh, he rises. I mean, he rises, he rises every time we see him. <laughs> yeah, well, the women around him make him rise. Shouldn't it have been Seraka Rises and then coming from the heavens? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Or, I don't know. Maybe that's just his thing. In the heavens. <laughs> oh, you know, maybe that's why he's got his harem, because you know, it's you you come from the heavens and then rises, like no problem. The gate of Zidane is being evacuated due to the attack from Axis. We learned that uh, Aman Khan is going to ram an empty Axis into. Uh, the gate of Zidane. So if if we go back a little bit to, um, as a digression to, uh, I'm sorry, Shard's uh, deleted affair, they kind of give a little bit of information about Axis, right? So Axis has like huge residential blocks. In fact, I think they say most of it's residential and then like they have a lot of ports and military sections. So like she's emptying, emptying Axis, but... Just lots of residential blocks in there. Well, the but the primary residential area is Musa, which we're going to see in this episode. Although Zeta Gundam does not explain it mm -mm. and what's happening at any point, but uh, Musa will be somewhere that we see later on in in the series. Uh, it's it's used in Unicorn, um, but that's the main residential area that's the very specifically only for that purpose area yeah um so while this is happening the Ayug is also attacking um and camille shows up for a meeting late because he can't find oh. Koch right now you know though i like when basque the, before we cut to camille basque gets this call telling him that the Ayug is heading their way to attack and jamatov yeah. is like I'm not surprised. Like he, he knows we have to have battles every episode, and he's like, "Of course." I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Well, I mean, it, he knows he's getting fucked too, right? Yeah. Like, but I will say, at at this point in the series, we're we're on episode forty five. There better be more than a battle every episode. So yeah, I, they're hitting fast forward on this stuff, and and this and. In this new type Flash episode, we're, we're going to be talking about lots and lots of battles, lots and lots of, uh, spoiler alert, deaths, uh, because that, this is what Zeta focuses on for the rest of the series, right? 
um, and things are in fast forward mode. So like, and and I mean, to be fair, Jamatov has already been, uh, uh, there's already been an attempted assassination against Jamatov by Haman. Uh, and I don't think the Ayug has ever liked Jamatov. So uh, what do you think you're going to get when you're pincered by the Ayug and, and uh, Axis if you're the Titans right now? You're going to get fucked. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, yep. So Soraka, Soraka orders Rekoa to go rescue Sarah. Uh, who is still in the Argama at this point. Um, Rekoa doesn't want to, but she know, she's like, all right, whatever, I guess I'll do it. Um, and uh, Sirako gives her the Palace Athena, which we've still, I think, only seen like brief shots of up to this point, and we've heard it mentioned once or twice. But um, Yeah, I think we've just seen, kind of seen it in the background. Yeah, like maybe in one episode, right? I don't even think we saw like the whole suit. If we did, like it was like a part or was, a flash or a shadow. It was like it was like in like a hangar dock or something mm -hmm. like that, uh, like off in the distance while they were walking past, right? And what we actually learned later is like there's three completely random brand new suits that Sorako has, but we'll get to that later. Um. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned earlier that Camille was late because he couldn't find Kotz. Well, what do you think Kotz is doing? Sarah's around. Uh, he's creeping. Yeah, he's creeping on Sarah. Isn't there a song called Creeping on Sarah? I don't know. Uh, Did a, you write it? It's a NoFX song. Um, it's about the band called Tegan and Sarah. Um and it's completely unrelated to any of this, but there, so there's, there's, I think they're either like lesbians or sisters or something along those lines. They are <laughs> lesbian sisters. It's called creeping out Sarah. Yes. First of all. Yeah. It's a really good song. If, if you get a few minutes, go, go listen to it. Um, and, and just pretend like Kotz is creeping out Sarah. <laughs> um, Yep. So uh, Camille smacks Cots. Yeah, he smacks the shit out of him. Bright, bright is teaching people. Uh, you know, it's like it's like when you're when you're like around your kids and you drop something, and you're like, damn it, and then like like all you hear after that is just damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it from your kids. Just everyone's slapping everybody here. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> like Basque really set this season off like by beating the shit out of Bright. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just like it's like echoed down to like you know we'll probably have an episode before the end of the show where the orphans are like smacking the shit out of somebody <laughs> uh maybe Ro rosemia's dead corpse or something i don't know <laughs> we'll see oh <Aww. laughs> um yeah so um cots is arguing that he's he's basically saying he shouldn't be fighting because he can't focus on the battle and camille's basically like well that's a reason to fight you should basically you know fight to overcome your weaknesses uh or you're gonna die and i feel like this is like an argument that's basically saying the same thing it's like acknowledging that kotz is gonna die because like he can't focus and they're they're both they both both basically has the same endpoint. It's just like how you get there. <laughs> Camille's like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta overcome your weaknesses, otherwise you'll die." And and Kotz is like, "Yeah, hey, I'm too weak uh, to fight. I'm gonna die." <laughs> uh, if only Hayato was here to say, 
I don't care as long as you're alive. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's basically the only way Camille can talk any sense into him. So Yeah. Think um, about your family. Yeah. So uh, everyone launches, including Char. Char finally gets to fight after a handful of episodes of being told to sit down and shut up. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like totally nonchalant, too. He's like getting in his suit. And he's like, yeah, I'm ready to do this. And, it, and you know, before it's been like, no, Char, you must stay stay here and 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 survive because you are the hope of the Ayug. And now it's like, ah, you know, this is going to be a really big battle where you could probably die. Yeah, get out there, bud. <laughs> um, yep, so Basque is rushing to get people out of the Gate of Zidane. Um, and he has his cyber new types stand by. He's not going to have them go out and fight. So um, Basque and, or sorry, Rosamia and Gates are his cyber new types. Did we know before that Gates was a cyber new type? I'm not sure he is. I, I don't know if this is, I'm not sure. I thought he was more of a handler, right? And he has the bound dock that can make her go crazy. I don't. That's what I thought too. But I mean, he very yeah. specifically calls Gates a cyber new type. But yeah, but maybe it's just poorly translated or I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. Oh. But th what I did appreciate though, is that they at least bring them up. Yeah. As like, okay, yeah, they're around. Unlike Yazan and his boys that are just, I don't know, getting more turtle tats or something. <laughs> Yaldon's like, all right, I need to open up my shirt for the next episode just a little bit more. I need, do, do I do I do the nipples this time or do I just keep it like right inside? Um. Yep. So uh, Bass takes the Dogo gear out, uh, or tells the Dogo gear to move out once Jamatov has left the gate of Zidane and has boarded the Dogo gear. Um. Now they are trying, the Ayug is trying to keep the ships basically forced in port on the gate of Zidane. They are, they say, ignore the mobile suits, just attack the ports. And the idea is when, you know, Axis rams the gate of Zidane, all these ships are in there and they get fucked. So they're basically trying to commit genocide uh, against the Titans at this point. I mean, well, militarily, this makes a lot of sense, but it's, it's a pretty brutal tactic. Right. And, and Quattro and Camille. So what I, what I took from it was Quattro and Camille are focusing on warships because yeah. they're like the, uh, everything is having a path opened up by the warships. They're like, ignore the transports and all that other stuff. Only the warships right now, we can take the transports later because they're unarmed. And then, or it would be more limited in armament. And then Emma and Opoly and the other Rick Diaz, um, guys are going, they're the ones going for the spaceports. Right. Right. And then meanwhile, the Guadan launches its Gaza seas to attack, uh, grips too. Yep. And Maneva plays the violin while we're about to see a, uh, a brutal murder of, of thousands of people. Yep. <laughs> um, so Rekwa gets, up to the Argama with Palace Athena. So we, we finally get to see the Palace Athena. Um, it's an okay looking suit. It's got a better name than design. I think the design's pretty cool. It looks a little funky in the animation because a lot of the scenes it's in are, are kind of throwaway, but I, I think it's a cool suit. Uh, it, 
I, I could see how your mileage could vary, though. It, it's these Jupiter suits are are very hit and miss. Like I, I think the Ball and Oak Simone and the Palace Athene look pretty cool. I think the O is like kind of not good looking. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't hate it. I just so like I like the so I like the Gunpla version better than I like the anime version. Yeah, it, it is kind of a complex suit. So I think in a lot of scenes the animation is like a shortcut a little bit. And, you know. Yeah. Um. But the the part here though is that. Like she kind of gets in behind the Argama real easy. And Torres yeah. is like, we detected a mobile suit back there. And Bright goes, hey, is it friend or foe? And Torres replies, I have no idea. And Bright goes, shoot it down. And observation crew, what the hell are you doing? Well, so I think they noticed it. They they There was like a, a brief scene where they noticed it was incoming. And it wasn't in position yet. And Bright said, shoot it down. And then it got into the quote unquote blind spot. And then Bright was like, it's still fucking there. Like, why didn't you shoot it down? So like they right. knew it was in there. They knew it was coming. Uh, I guess it was mostly just out of like its gun range or like something along those lines. But like, yeah, they knew it was there the whole time. They just never really engaged it when they had the opportunity. Right. Well, you, I mean, you have, you basically have two different parts of it, right? Is what I described. And then what they end up doing that you don't yep. see is to deal with it. They launch the Methus and then you see Rekwa behind them. And now she has progressed into their blind spot. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So right before Fa engages against Rekwa, um, Camille had like a, has a little new type flash right as Rekwa is, um, firing and damaging the Argama. She gets like a good hit on the Argama. And this is how you know the show's getting close to to ending is because um, the main ship is starting to get damaged. Um, so I feel like that's a thing uh, in all of these series. Um, so Sarah managed to steal a suit during this combat where she gets out of her cell um and then she's like saying oh i wish i could see cots again yeah uh and then she has a new type flash or sorry cots gets a new type flash and heads back towards the argama where sarah is um fa is actually managing to give reko a pretty hard time in the fight now keep in mind like this is the methus the methus I don't, somebody probably has a better way to describe this to me, but the Methus is basically like the junkyard mobile suit. Like it is like the bastardization of like all the shitty suits, right? It is. Well, we talked about it. Oh man. Some time ago, but it's, it is a prototype prototype sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, like Anaheim's just like, Hey, Hey, you, we got these things. Here you go. <laughs> we and threw it, this thing together. Here, have it. Yeah, and it, it was it like is, a it was like a prototype for like the transforming technology, right? Like that was their big thing that they were working on. Yeah, like the armaments are basically an afterthought. Um, the 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 like only advantageous thing it has going for it is apparently it is very easy to repair. Like, you ain't kidding. 
because <laughs> it's been it, it's looked like it's been blown up a few times. Yeah, and is that Fa's fault or is that the Mathis's fault? Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, yes. I don't think it was ever meant to be used in combat. So I mean, like, eh, good luck. But but again, so Fa gives Rekwa a pretty good fight. So Rekwa is is fighting this high-end Jupiter's like suit that's like custom made and all this stuff. And Fa's fighting in the shitty Methodist and like giving Reko a good fight. Um, and they both, they, they, they're like tumbling and they fly into the gate of Zidane. I didn't think they were this close to the gate of Zidane when, when the show started, but like it made it look like they were right outside of it. Like, Ah, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go across the street and, like, drink a beer with my neighbor is, like, the feeling that I got with, with them flying into the gate to Zidane. Whereas before, like, when the show started, I was like, oh, they're, like, you know, they're hanging out out of, like, battle range and providing support to the suits and everything. No, they're right there. Um, yeah, so Rekua says tells Fa that she is looking to get her human feelings back, and that's why she betrayed... Uh, the Ayug, um, and she feels more fulfilled as a woman. Um, and she tells Fa that you're either a man or a woman. That's uh, very, that's very on uh, <laughs> on note for Tamina. Yeah, this uh, I don't know how this would be done in 2021, but I that's mean, it wouldn't be. I feel like I told Scotty, I was like, I think I said it in the group chat when Scotty mentioned this, I was this, like the voice actress for this had to have been just like rolling her eyes as she read these like dialogues of just being like a man wrote this. <laughs> well, okay. So yeah, sorry. I was, it, it jumped, you jumped so far ahead on me that I, I was caught off guard by it. Um, like it, it's just kind of going with like Rekua's purpose as a character at this point, which is oh man, really Rocco's fuck toy, basically, right? And but not even the fuck toy, just like the mental fuck toy. Well, right, right, right. She is hiding behind her gender. Like she brings up things that are on her mind even if they aren't really relevant to what she's been asked about. Like in this case, a lot of times Rekwa gets asked questions and get answers that you're like, what? Rekwa, because why is that suit so fast? Because women are women and men are men and right. I'm a woman. Her, her mind is on what it's on. And that's what she's going to talk about here. And uh, it, it's basically the, the meme of, the two genders that's what she's talking about right she's like there are only two there's gundams and zakus <laughs> see my suit is green it's a zaku camille's suit is white and blue and red it's a gundam fa your suit is yellow what is this mess <laughs> no that's anyway that's um, the downstairs mix-up <laughs> so yeah, it's it's just a weird anything with Reco at this point. It's it's weird. It hasn't necessarily aged well. It, it's an attempt at showing, uh, like, 
showing the problem with how women are written in a lot of mecha and anime and it's it's a little bit purposely over the top i'm just not sure that her the intended contrasting characters are are as good as what they were going for um which is which is why it can seem a little bit strange so uh yeah anyway uh did we i think what we skipped was sarah escaping no, I kind of mentioned that she, yeah, Sarah got the suit. So I think I mentioned, I forgot to mention that she actually got in a suit and got out. But yeah, so she got in a suit and got out and Cot started flying towards her when right, he had yeah. his new type flash. Yeah, I mean, what I the reason I had noticed that was the last time we saw the Bolinoke Simone, it was just on some little rock where she'd been talking to Camille inside of it. And then the next thing you know, Sarah's in the Zeta. So I guess they went back for it at some point. Yeah. Just chilling in the argument hangar. Yeah. They're like, launch all the mobile suits, but not that one. Why didn't they steal that one? It's the missing episode. Where they, they got pilots. <laughs> um Yeah, so Kotz begins whining to Sarah some more. And Sarah tells him that she wants to go back to Sirocco. She tells Kotz that she could never truly love him because he's not a real man. And uh, Kotz blames Sirocco for Sarah being a bad person. Oh, boy. Sirocco's the only real man. That's the lesson I've learned here. Sirocco just has, like, these women wrapped around his finger. And, like, it must be his tiara. Yeah, it's the it's the headband, man. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, look, the line here is, it's honestly kind of funny because she's talking about cats, but... uh, sorry cots whatever he's like oh i'm sad my feelings and she's like that was so unmanly like this right here is this is the problem you Um, a bitch it's it hasn't aged well but it's it's kind of funny uh again uh, something else that we jumped was um in between reco and fa talking and this uh you have uh camille showing up to where they were talking inside of the gate of zedan and um Reko goes to board the Palace Athena at this point, and Fa has a clear shot on her with her sidearm, yeah. and she just doesn't, she just pussies out and doesn't do it. Um, and then uh, Camille actually ends up having to like catch her when the Palace Athena takes off. And anyway, then Fa's back in the Methus, and, and there we are uh, with that. So then when Sarah is flying off after the next thing, uh, we have Emma showing up telling Kotz he needs to shoot her down. And what I really, I actually really like the English voice performance for Emma right here. Cause she's like, Kotz shoot her down. She sounds so tired of Kotz. <laughs> like it's, it's great. The voice actress is like, I'm fucking tired of talking about this fucking Kotz character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's literally just like saying words and has not read the script. And she's like, I can tell, I can tell this guy fucking sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, Jared's back. Oh, whoa. Well, did I miss Lane? You got We got to We got to correct your bearings, bro. You keep jumping stuff. Did <laughs> I jump? Okay. Well, now we have um, uh, Sarah actually flying off, and uh, because he jumps in between the Mark II and Volnuk Simone, when Emma's like, "I'll do it myself. I'll shoot her down," and then we have something we actually referenced earlier, uh, which is we give the show puts in a short clip 
of Axis and something being detached from it. It provides no explanation of what is happening, but that is Musa. So oh, Axis okay. is detaching their residential block. And now Jared shows up. All right. Jared's back! You sound awfully happy about, happy about that. No, he sucks. Um, and he, he's, he says he'll blow anybody away who comes near him. Um, I... I mean, he'd probably be better if he was just blowing anybody that came near him. But, um, yeah, so Jared sees the Zeta. Of course he sees the Zeta. Uh, and he says, I'll get you this time, Inspector Gadget. Um, and he goes after him. And so at this point, Rekoa, Jared, and Camille have a three-way fight. <laughs> um, Lieutenant... Now, Bodhi, who I think we've seen like pictures of him before, like he's like shown up randomly throughout the show, but he's, he's not like yeah. a real character. He's more like a stand in, like, oh, we need you to say like a line here. Generic um, AUG pilot that yeah. they've used, I think, once, maybe twice before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets his leg blown off. Um, and then this was like a really confusing scene to me because there's just like so much going on. Um, I had assumed when I first watched this, that, um, the, that Jared fired and just blew up Bodie, but you watch a few more seconds and it's not Bodie that gets killed. It is Appley who gets killed. Yep. So Appley actually sends Bodie to, uh, I forgot to write it down, but he sends him to cover something. Right. You know? And then Appley is the one that notices Fa in trouble and goes to protect Fa, but Jared, yeah, that's when Jared uh, kills him. Shoots him right in the uh, right in the chest. In the an in the anime, this is like um, three it, seconds. Opoly, yeah, and Opoly looks like he's kind of just sitting there. I, I, uh, yeah. I'll have to when I rewatch the third movie again, I'll go and look at it. But I'm pretty sure they reanimate this part to uh, Opoly taking a more active role in protecting yeah. Fall, other than just sitting there. Yeah, it's it. Man, it is such a rush death for Opoly because. He's been with us since episode one, and uh, he's a he's a good character, especially if you read like Char's deleted affair. It's just like you, you feel more. You, you, yeah, he he's done an, an underservice here because he just kind of like you don't even know it's him at first. I feel like unless you're like super attentive to the details on this. I think um, he it's. It gets more time than Roberto. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Opoly's the only one who even sheds a tear about Roberto. Yeah. Um, and and that's like the end of a battle. He's like, all right, yeah, uh, wait. Like, this is at least in the middle of a battle. And, and uh, you know, Camille gets mad about it. Of course, Jared's like, whatever, get over it. And he's like, Jared is telling the audience at that point. Um, this is how this show handles some of its deaths. And Jared is telling you on this one, like, get over it. Because we're moving on. And Camille goes Super Saiyan. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he goes on a rampage and just starts wrecking shit. Um, at this point, though, Bright orders everybody to disengage because Axis is about to collide with the Gate of Zidane. And there's just going to be a lot of uh space rock flying around debris mm -hmm. from ships and everything flying around yeah uh and but he's also he also gives a side order at the same time he says 
scan every single fucking one of those Axis ships because, you know, if you, I think an episode or two ago, we talked about it. He was like, everybody's like, oh, we don't want to powwow around with Axis because they're going to betray us. And he was like, yeah, I know. So make sure you scan every single weapon on that ship as we, as we pass it. So like Bright is doing his due diligence, knowing that, yeah, you know, Right now, they may be allied, but he, he, he knows Haman is going to betray them at some point. Well, what you have, it's a, you hear his internal monologue, and maybe he vocalizes it. It doesn't matter either way. It's the same intent. But he's noticing, like, wow, there's a lot of ships leaving Axis. She really does have, like, all the remnant Zabi loyalists, which she doesn't. I mean, there's there's a whole extended universe of things that need Zeon remnants to be in lots of other places. But he's like, wow, this this is really just like old Zeon. Like mm, Bright has a good sense of of things. And she got the majority of what was left when she came to the Earth sphere. Right. She basically the of the large bulk of what was left. Right. You've got the forces went to Axis and the Delaz fleet. Yep. Basically anybody so. that survived 0083 and was in the Earth sphere is with her now. And I say basically because of course we're going to continue the UC for 100 years. So <laughs> we've only got like 14 more shows to go. <laughs> um yep, but Bright is in a really pissy mood this whole time. Um, and then Axis and the Gate of Zidane collide. Um, Shar manages to scare Jared off in the midst of all of this crazy space debris as they're kind of fighting along. Like, I think we see some scenes where like Camille's trying to like shoot, but like there's so much debris. This kind of reminds us of like, uh, if you go back to when we covered Thunderbolt, some of the Thunderbolt sector stuff where like, they were they there was just so much debris they couldn't fire through this is kind of related to that in some ways and I, it's, my guess is it might be even an inspiration for some of the thunderbolt content um in some ways yeah i mean it's just kind of general chaos you yeah. also have your, they they make good on their idea of taking care of the transport ships later because it does show like emma landing on one and being like this is the augs now yeah yep um yeah and they after jared is scared off they start heading back to the the argama um and we see on the aboard the argama char being just kind of distraught about apple's death um and the as distraught as char gets yeah right 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 uh it's like he was a good man, a good pilot, and Char is like Boomhauer on the fence. Like, yep, sure yep. was. Yep. Um, and then at the very end of the episode, we kind of we learn from the narrator that Melanie Hugh Carbine is negotiating with Haman Karn directly with Char. What I enjoy about this part is that. You have Char and Melanie Hugh Carbine approaching Maneva and Haman and like that throne room thingy on the Guadan. Yeah. And it's this really 80s, like 
metal guitar riff going while it shows like Melody Who Carbine. It's like it doesn't fit at all. It's like, like this old, old fat dude with Char yeah. with his glasses. It's like, <laughs> wow, wow. like, nah, man, not, not at all. Um, there is a little bit of a character moment um, still in the, in the argument right before that, where you got fall talking to Emma about how she couldn't shoot Rekwa down. And she goes, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, Rekwa just did something that a lot of women might do. And Emma's like, no, <laughs> no. We don't uh, all hunger over Sirocco's dick. <laughs> yep. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> Zeta, episode 46. Sirocco's penis rises. I mean... Well, anyway, if you watch the preview for this one at the end of episode 45, guess what? This is the... So if, you, if you're on your first time through the series... If you had been letting your episodes play all the way through the credits and to the previews, this is the point where if you haven't learned this already, stop watching the previews. If this is your first time through, like stop. <laughs> Saren Kotz's uh, relationship comes to a, f a final end in this episode. I mean, the preview might've been like Zeta Gundam episode 46, Sarah dies. <laughs> So, so to be fair, I actually was like paying attention to this because I was expecting it. They didn't say who who died in this one. Um, they just said the the I can't remember the exact word, but it was like it the, was some, the yeah. relationship between Sarah and Cots comes to a tragic end. I um, mean, what else? Yeah, right? I mean that's pretty on the nose. So Sarah is sad at the beginning of this episode because Sirocco won't take her with him to see Hamankar. Um, and after complaining enough, he says, all right, fine. Uh, but just keep in mind that Haman is too much of a woman for you, Sarah. You can't handle her, but you can come anyways. And then, uh, Sarah and Rekua kind of like go back and forth. You know, Sarah's like, oh, ever since you've shown up, Rekua, like, uh, Soraka's given you all this attention. And, and Rekua's like, no, he trusts you more. And it's fucking stupid. <laughs> you got to have a girl fight, man. It's the only, it's the only, only way to have a tiny nice show. Man, I just, I feel like, Sirocco is just like one of the worst characters because he doesn't do anything truly competent, but he like he he engenders all of this animosity and like plotness of characters. Like he is a plot vehicle. He is not like like if Haman Karn was a dude and had these people fighting over her, I would understand it, right? Because like Haman has done several things that has like been successful. Sirocco hasn't lost any battles, but he's also not really won any. Like he's just kind of been there and not died and not like, 
really taken anybody out either. He's he's been a force on the battlefield, but not one that's actually like changed any battles or taken out anybody that's mattered. That's part of the point. You're not supposed to like him. No, I get you're not supposed to like him. It's just I don't understand. I don't know. If if I was one of the authors, I would I would make him more effective so like the idol worship made a little bit more sense. Well, it's he's doing a lot of what he does through his like he has very strong and we have seen this. He can exert a lot of willpower using his new type abilities. Right. And not just on like mobile suits, on people. And it's sort of this artificial charisma through new type abilities. So while he's not a cyber new type, which like you know, or an artificial new type, which we've seen that Titan's actually messing with, uh, he is kind of got this like fake charisma. It's almost like a superpower, if you will. And I think that's why he's able to sort of be kind of one note but yet still be able to inspire such loyalty. And he's, we do now start to see him kind of get onto the front line of things. He makes sure yeah. he's very guarded of other people's perception of him. And that's why he, one of the other reasons he's able to do a lot of what he does. So um, anyway, Shirako does at this point launch in his new fancy new mobile suit. He gets a message that Jamitov wants him to, wait and delay the talks until Jamatov also gets there. Um, so what Shiraco launches in is uh, PMX 003, the O. I think this is a generally kind of uh, well-loved mobile suit design. I'm not personally crazy about it. I think it might just need more color contrast. I don't know. Uh, my first note on it is, oh, Baldy coming. It's a chonker. Like, it's just a big, thick boy. Um, but the idea here is that it is extremely mobile and agile. Yeah despite yeah. how it looks. That's the whole point of it. Um, it does have a, this gets confusing. It has a biosensor system for new types, but it is not the same as the biosensor in the Zeta. Great, thanks. Couldn't come up with uh, another name. Um, and it has crotch arms. I'm sorry, the sub arm unit. No, it's crotch arms. It has crotch arms. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's not my favorite design. Um, this is, it's not my favorite design, but it's also just, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's, it's not terrible. They, they make a master grade of it. If you want a really big master grade, there's, there's actually a picture. If you like Google the master grade where somebody painted one and it looks a little bit more non yellow and it's pretty legit. Yeah. <laughs> I want uh, to say this is the. Cool. I want to say this is the largest one one hundred master grade you can get, um, but I think like height wise, it's probably comparable to a lot of the later UC stuff, like the uh, you know unicorn, the new, like, the high new, Zabi, all that stuff. Um, I mean, it's not as big as the uh, Psychozaku. I mean, it would be a lot taller and chonker. Taller. It doesn't. It doesn't have those tubes. Yeah, I man, my my Kshatri is still massive. Yeah, and that's the one one forty four. Yeah, you got to build the one sixty kid. 
there's a 160 kit. Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> I was going to say, I, thought, I, I think there's a one, there's a one 100 in there. No, I don't think so. Not of the Kshatriya. No, mm -mm. that would be there massive. Is, I mean, there, you, you can see it in my, in my stand back here. It's like right up here. You can see the wings. It's like twice the size of the, the Zaku like high grade. Oh and yeah, it's a high grade. <laughs> yeah, the the high grades of stuff from like Shars Counterattack and Unicorn, like or even even like a Dovin Wolf, like you can mistake them for a master grade because they're big. They're just big. Uh, and I could see the Kshatra getting a master grade or a like a Re One One Hundred eventually, maybe. I oh think yeah, it's it's, it's a good suit. Like, yeah, yeah, um, but um, I'm looking right now, and they have one of those steel die cast. Kshatriyas, and that's mm -hmm. a one one hundred. And in the picture, someone's holding the little like you know what what do they call them the armor pauldron things that hang off of the shoulders. Yeah, um, and it's like as big as my forearm just for those pieces. And there's four of those plus the actual model itself, so it's pretty friggin' big. Jeez, and that probably costs what six hundred bucks or something. Well, three hundred nine, <laughs> three hundred nine. It's pre built though. It's a perfect steel legend. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I have. Uh, I just this is a tangent, but I got the. Uh, Haslab Unicron came in yesterday, and now I feel like I have a basis for comparison on like what some of these big suits would look like in 160 scale or something. Like, uh, the thing is big. Is it a kit or is it a pre made thing? It's, it's Unicron, it's a it's just a transformer action figure. But uh, the box was uh, two by two by two. Jeez, it's, it's yeah. Big. Dude, I, I don't know. I'm looking at like my my backlog right now, and my biggest box is still that uh, MGEX Unicorn Gundam. That's a massive box, mm -hmm. and it's like it's bigger than the Master Grade uh, Perfectibility Unicorn Gundam. <laughs> yeah, Unicorn big too. Yeah. Um, all right, so where were we before we went on our... Good Lord, we're, we're like two minutes into the runtime. Yeah. <laughs> um... All right, yeah, so uh, Jamatov did ask uh, Sirako to like hold off the talks with Haman until he got there. And Sirako seems like he basically says, uh, fuck off, but like, I guess he kind of does hold off in some ways. I mean... He launches almost immediately. So on my initial impression in the show is he basically told Jamatov to fuck off. But uh, when we actually see them later in the show, like Jamatov's there and he doesn't seem to be angry that Soraka was there. But I digress. Um, Kotz believes that uh, Haman is going to try to ally with the Titans. Um Camille and Kotz get into an argument and Camille tells Kotz to grow up and then uh, the phone rings and Kotz picks it up and he's like, oh shit. And he runs off. Um, and Camille like picks up the phone and is like, hello, who is this? And I, and I forget exactly what they tell him. They say that they've intercepted a communication from the Jupiterist. They know that Shiraco is going out to meet Haman and to be ready to launch. So they were already course, on standby. To, so I don't, I don't yeah. know what Kotz was doing. So of course, I mean, we know what he was, but 
Yeah, Kotz goes and launches in the G Defensor. Uh, apparently, like they still don't have any way to prevent pilots from launching when they want to launch. They did try. Okay, Astonage did at least stop the ramp this time. <laughs> but then Kotz was like, I'm going to half VTOL this thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he launches in the G Defensor and uh, heads off. Yeah. Um, and Camille is shortly behind him. Yeah. Um, Requa requests to stay outside of the Guadan. Uh, and says it's because she doesn't trust Jamatov. Um, I don't know if you got guys got the same vibe, but I also got I, I got the vibe that it was maybe because she was like trying to um, make Sarah feel better. A little bit of that, yeah. Because now remember though that the reason she All right. that's the reason she like stays out. But the whole impetus of it was the Guadan being like only two, only two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the, I feel like the reason she volunteered was because she was, like, trying to get some favor with Sarah because Sarah was, like, butthurt that, you know, Jamatov was favoring her. Yeah, she's like, I want to be the bottom bitch, so I need to befriend the other bottom bitch first. <laughs> this is, this is uh, what, what we might need to uh, might need to do here. Now we have a scene, one of the, which we don't get a lot of these scenes. This might be the only one. Uh, it is Maneva and Shar. She's playing violin again, just like the last episode. You can't slack on practice for violin. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. So she tells Char that she is moving to another ship and is looking forward to going to side three. So if you remember back again from a few episodes ago, um, this is another one of those Zeta things we we tell you about, where like something gets mentioned briefly. Although this this got a, a, at least a decent mention, so the AU had basically agreed to access that if they had, if they if they worked with them, that they would um, give access side three. So uh, Maneva's like, yeah, I'm going to get side three. And she tells Shara that she hopes that he will be by her side in the future. And and he's kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh. Um, I think, you know, this is one of those situations where you, you got to keep in mind Shar has constantly fought against the Zabis his entire life. And I don't think he hates Maneva, but he hates the idea of the Zabis. Yeah. he's He is very protective of her because he doesn't he knows what she could become and he doesn't want that for her and he's also just kind of generally suspicious of Haman and that in fact is played on here because when she says she has to move ships Shar is like what's she doing now All right um, and I, I mean I really do though think here like I've said this before on the show like if this isn't Dozel's kid this doesn't happen. Like, I, like if this is uh Guren's kid. Yeah. Like, Oh God. Well, can you I, imagine that that'll, yeah, we're, it will get there uh, next series. But like, <laughs> if this is, if this was like Cassilia's orphaned brat or something, he'd be like, I don't care. I'm going to chuck you into the vacuum of space or something. You're done. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yep. That's, that's that. Kotz gets cleared to land on the Guadan. So he's, they basically tell the, the Guad, the Guadan tells 
um, the Argama, hey, we're going to clear one suit for you guys and only one suit, and it better not be the fucking Zeta, which comes directly from Haman. Um, and so he lands on the Guadan, and we, we see him, like, cocking the gun and saying he's going to kill Sirocco. Um, and as the Guadan is closing its landing deck, Camille slides right in that bitch. They give Kotz a real school shooter moment here. Like, he goes, yeah, once I kill Sirocco, Sarah will be able to think more clearly. Like, killing her boyfriend isn't going to make you her boyfriend. Like, that's not I mean, how you do be, it. To be fair, she's made comments that, like, he's not a man and things like that. So maybe he feels like this, like, murdering someone who is a man will make him be more of a man. I, I'm, not def- I'm, not defend- I'm not defending Kotz, but maybe that's his, like, you know. Well, there's no defense for Kotz, but maybe it'll make, uh, maybe getting rid of the only real man will make him, by comparison, more of a man. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck knows? They both suck. Sar- Sarah Kotz. sucks. Kotz sucks. They all suck. They are, look, this. they are extremely frustrating teenagers. And but is, is Kotz even a teenager? Barely. But <laughs> look, he's clearly hit puberty. Okay. He wouldn't. We're going to just stick it there. Um, <laughs> they're, they're incredibly frustrating teenagers. And I think that's the point. And from that perspective, they're well done. Now, this is a battlefield where like, I mean, this is sort of a recurring theme anyway, where the young are going off the war to die. Like the oldest person in the show is what, I mean, other than like Jamatov and Bass, like what's bright in the show? Like 20, like 30, not 20. Sorry. I think he's I uh, like 27 a, in the show. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like 26 or so. <laughs> so, so Kotz is 16 or seven. So like they, his birthday is 0071. And uh, what is this? It's 0088 now. It's still 0087, but 0087. Oh, so, so he's, Kotz is older than Sarah? Because isn't Sarah 15? Sarah is Kotz, Kotz one is year younger than him. She is born in 0072. They did not animate it that way. Yeah. No, they did not. She is several years older than him. And and like the show to me. I mean, I know that. And and Sirocco. 0062 so he's 10 years older than her look, look i know most women hit their growth spurt before most uh, men but that doesn't apply by like 15 16 anymore i think that's more like when it, we're talking like 11 12 13 uh, yeah but yeah so yeah uh sirocco is theoretically in his mid-20s and Sarah is in her mid-teens. All right. Yeah, anyway. Um, yep, so Camille gets on the Guadan 2 um, by the skin of his teeth. Um, and as as Camille's sneaking in with his suit, Kotz is getting address, arrested and kind of, like, dragged off, but, like, not in, like, a hostile way because they knew he was coming and he had permission. Um but they're like trying to arrest Camille. 
while Camille's like saying, like, hey, no, watch out for that guy, Kotz. He's gonna murder Sirocco. Don't let him do that. That would be a bad thing. And they're like, yeah, shut up, dude. We're gonna arrest you. And he's like, no, but listen, seriously, trust me on this. Like, don't, don't let him. No, shut up. I'm gonna kill you. Stop talking. Well, no, I mean, C Camille now is like, telling Sarah, like, Hotz is going to kill both Haman and Shiraco, and the guards are like, wait, what? He's gonna what? <laughs> the guy we just let go is gonna what? Well, they didn't let him go. They, 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 they escorted him with a, they basically put him under arrest. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Kotz, they don't know Kotz is broken free of the other security. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, Kotz gets arrested, but he beats his captor up, uh, and kind of escapes from him. Um, while Camille's telling him like, Hey, you need to be watching out for that guy. Um, so <laughs> Kotz gets escorted into when he, or Kotz makes it over to this other room where he beats up or gets into a fight with another guard. And it happens to be outside of Char's room. Uh, Char goes outside and saves Kotz's ass at this point. Um, and then we see we go to another scene where um, Sirocco and Jamatov are, are at the same table now. So it, this is where we see like maybe Sirocco did hold off the meeting until Jamatov got there. Maybe maybe not. Um, maybe Sirocco got there early enough to like talk to Haman a little bit. If he did, we don't know. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Sirocco tells Jamatov, "I am so sorry." Ah, uh, the Jupiterus had some engine issues. I couldn't come over and help you with that whole like Axis ramming into the gate of Zidane thing. I know I was in My charge bad. of its security and it just got knocked into two giant pieces and it's worthless now. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Haman shows up and doesn't instantly kill Jamatov. So keep in mind, the last time we saw Haman in the same room with Jamatov, she tried to assassinate him. Now Jamatov is on her ship and alive. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Haman says that she doesn't see the Titans as a threat because, because, Luke? Their souls are weighed down by gravity. Yes. And, and that she has heard rumors from reliable sources that the earth federation will sever ties with the Titans. And then she goes into the souls weighed down by gravity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically the souls weighed down by gravity is the most important part of that. whole thing. Yeah. It's the only important thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jam, uh, Jamatov is, is at this point like, well, I was going to give you another chance to join us, but, um wow thanks for insulting me uh what do you think shirako and then shirako is like oh yes i agree with this insult <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> he's like yeah i agree the titan souls are weighed down by earth but remember that time i gave you a blood oath jamatov i stick by that because blood blood Blood's thicker than Earth's gravity being weighed down by your soul or whatever, you know, like his blood is not weighed down by Earth's gravity. Uh, and he now says we that, cut, though. Yeah. And now we cut to Camille. He goes, I sense murderous intent. 
And that's what he says. And then he thinks to himself that there is also something else beyond that. And then we, instead of doing the logical thing, actually, no, this makes sense. Sorry. Forget I said that. Uh, we go to Char and Kotz now sneaking through the ship. Taking um, out guards. Yep. And Char gives Kotz a gun, tells him to go back. He's going to take care of him on. And Shirako, Kotz actually then leaves. I was like, oh, okay. Now we go into the meeting room. Things are getting tense because Shirako has pulled a gun on Haman. She's like, you do know what's going to happen if you shoot me right here, right? Like, that's not going to end well for you. And he goes, well, I mean, it's better than you being alive. And then, <laughs> and then Spaceman ruins everything as usual. Uh, Char enters with his gun. Uh, they show him, well, they show him taking out some guards. And then he enters with his gun. He shoots Shirako as soon as he opens the door. Finally, Char hits somebody with his sidearm. Now he doesn't hit directly; he hits him in the shoulder. But look, hey, it's improvement. He it's a hit. Something. It's he a spent hit. His whole life learning how to pilot a mobile suit, not how to fire a gun. Fair. Yes. <laughs> Except for that time in Origin when he spent a lot of time firing a gun. Don't worry about that. <laughs> look, he was. There was too much like Garma tent time. In yeah. camp to worry about <laughs> he's marksmanship. He was shooting a different gun with Garma. He was on uh, a different ship than marksmanship. <laughs> um. So Sarah blows a hole, uh, in in the wall, and chases after Sirocco. Um. Sirocco. Yeah. Which is why Shark can't do any real follow-up because now the guards are alerted and they're guarding Haman and Char actually does take out a guard. Yeah. So if you don't have plot armor, he's good to just hit you square and kill you. Yeah. But um, it's basically Sarah has sensed that Shirako has been injured. And then you see this explosion rip through the room. And that was because of Sarah. Yeah. yeah she, she blows a hole in there to, to capture or get not capture, but like get Sirako. Um, and then in all of this chaos and fog of war, Sorako points the gun at Jamatov and murders him. I guess that blood oath only matters when other people are watching. Um, so Sorako and Sarah blow a hole into the Guadan and escape in their suits and Kotz chases after them. Well, the, the G-Defensor is actually being pulled through the hole yeah. at first. And so, uh, Camille, you actually get to see the Zeta conveniently have just enough clearance to transform with its stock footage transformation in a mobile suit hanger. I appreciated how they cropped things and zoomed them to make this work. It was funny <laughs> to me. Um, and then he's like, okay, now I can help. Uh so, yeah. Um, now, what's happened, though, is that when as soon as Shirako and Sarah escape, so this is your Shirako doing his thing, right? Uh, more so than we've probably ever seen before. So they're getting shot at, but Shirako opens up this open broadcast to the entire Titans fleet. He says, our great, glorious great leader, he doesn't say it that way, but um, mm -hmm. he says, Jamatov has been killed by Haman Khan. And Jamatov's last words were to wipe the Guadan from the skies to avenge him and all this stuff. None of that is true, but Shrako doesn't care. Yep. It's what he wants people to think. Yep. And the Argama says, launch everything. 
and it does. Um, and, and in response, Haman launches and her Quibbly. Kubilay, sorry. Um, and this is also because she learns that Maneva has successfully boarded the Guanban. The Guanban. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Haman launches and Sirako, Sarah, and Rekoa go after her. <laughs> yep. And you get a nice, like, I think, chaotic set piece space battle. Like yep. the, the chaos comes through in this one. I just I just want to mention again, every time we've seen the Cubelet so far, it always has its hands on its hips and it's just like fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's um, a it's a very glamorous if, mobile suit. If you build that mobile suit and its default stances and its hands on its hip, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> uh, let me repose mine. Hang on. Yeah, do go fucking repose it. Um Look, those so, hands, it is, that, it's surprisingly difficult to pose. Those are big hands. Yeah. Yeah. The fingers are really long on it, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's got crazy fingers. <laughs> of course Haman would. Um, so Haman launches bits. So this is one of the first times we've seen bits. Um, uh, I don't know if there's a technical difference, but I think they're funnels in this. Are they funnels? Or do they call them bits? I don't know. Pretty sure they're funnels. Okay. So she launches her funnels um, and manages to just. Oh, yeah. Scotty, Scotty's like trying to pose as Cubola and rips its fucking <laughs> you see arms Scotty off. Scotty's standing there and just holding <laughs> a fucking arm. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah. So the. Yeah. Yeah. So Haman just completely disarms Sarah and Rekoa almost instantly. Um, and then, but Sirocco is able to sense, um, the funnels and shoot them down. Um, yeah, so this is a, a good example of a couple of things. Um, one of them is, uh, just Sarah and Reco being outclassed in their, in their new type abilities by Haman entirely. And cause they don't even know where these little funnels are coming from. They're like, we well, got an open shot. <laughs> no. Um, and Shirako, not able, so you get some of the mobility of the O and the fact that he is able to dodge all of these in his chonker of a mobile suit. Uh, but one of his more powerful new type abilities is spatial awareness. It's like a, almost like an Amaro level spatial awareness where he's the only other pilot we've seen. The way they animate him visualizing where the bits are going to be so he can shoot where they're going to be is very, very evocative of how they show Amaro um, looking at the Elmet's bit, bits, Elmeth's bits. That was harder to say than I thought it would be anyway. Uh, and so that's when he is able to uh, successfully shoot and destroy some of them. Uh, now we get to see though, uh, Haman's like, oh, come on, now I take you seriously. And she like, you know, she's doing her like, Dragon Ball power up and you see like her like evil space ghost thing. Uh, come out of the cubelet like that that murderous intent a la dozel zabi on the big zam um and this is not the last time you will see that yeah um yeah this is a very much a new type aura battle um one of the first we actually see in the series like we see hints of it even in regular zeta but like or in regular mobile suit gundam uh, and we saw hints of it throughout 
early parts of the series, but this is really like the first big like leveraging new type abilities fights we've seen, I think. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and again, like, uh, so Camille kind of senses something going on, right? Because Shiraka responds in kind, like at first he's like, Oh damn. Okay. And then he's like, Oh, now I take you seriously. And does sort of the same thing. They don't say, oh, now I take you seriously. I'm joking, but anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. But they get to a point where they aren't even moving. They're basically, right. They're basically just having like a mental, like, I don't know, imagine like Darth Vader and uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi just having like a force battle where they're like use, pushing each other with their force auras until one of them snaps. That's that's kind of like the impression that you get they're doing. Like they're just kind of like yeah. smashing auras against each other until one of them breaks. But yeah, Cot I mean shows up. But, well, well, you know, Rekoa is like, they're, they're not even moving. Are they just like Chinebios? What's happening here? And then Sarah is all, no, uh, Shiraco is fighting in a place we can't reach. This is our chance to go and get the Cubile. And then we have other Cots. spaceman, Kotz, uh, ruining everything. Yeah, Kotz ruins everything and shows up. Uh, and he's going to kill Sirocco. Uh He has got a bead on him. He shoots... And he kills Sarah. Yeah, she yeah. she like jumps in the way, right? It's yeah, this yeah. This is like the classic Gundam. I'm gonna kill you. Oh fuck! I killed the person I want to bang. Yep. Did you get Did you get some Amuro, Shar, and Lala battle moments from this fight? Because although the dynamic is more complicated this time, here is another beat. Um, it's the same thing. Uh, now, I said Kotz ruins everything. To be fair, he almost ruined everything for the Titans. Like, he almost just takes out Shiraco here. Yeah. How funny yeah. would that have been? How, fu yeah, like, I mean, how imagine, funny if that hits? Like, like that's, that's just how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, no, like, Kotz, the Kotz, Kotz won the day. The show gets canceled like five weeks early, and they're like, well, guess that's the end. Yeah, it's a quick re-edit. <laughs> where Kotz kills Sirocco and then like they have a peace treaty where Haman like goes off to side three, you know, Titan or the AU takes over the Federation military and everybody's fine. Shar gets everybody to move off of the earth and yeah. there are no sequels. <laughs> the end. Zeta, the end. At the end of episode 46. Um, yeah, but uh, at the, so yeah, so Scott's kills Sarah accidentally. And then Sirocco's like, oh, fuck this dude. I'm going to kill him. Um, and uh, Sarah's tr soul tries to protect Kotz, uh from Sirocco. Uh, but, you know, she's not that got that strong of a soul. So Rekoa actually has to stand in and, and protect him. Yeah, um, so this is, this is kind of interesting because... What Rekoa does is they never say if this is on purpose or if it's just on accident. So Rekoa... She says she didn't mean to. Right. So there's two ways to look at it. One is she does this on purpose and makes it look like she is going to try to take out the G-Defensor and ends up protecting Kotz. What I, my interpretation, because I actually don't think Rekoa is that good or perceptive, especially now that she, like when she's around Chiraco, I don't think, I think she's screwed up in the head. Um, 
And what I think is that Chiraco gives a brief moment of hesitation at Sarah's new type ghost. And that leads Rekoa just based on what has been going on. And the fact that Kotz would still be aiming at the O uh, to go, wait a minute, hang on. I need to go do something. I actually think it's only in that brief moment of hesitation that Rekoa acts to go take out the G defensor and actually didn't mean to do what she did. Um, I, I read it as slightly different. I read it as her instinct was to actually save Cots um, because that's what she felt Sarah was like wanting to do. So she was like doing what her ally wanted to do. And only afterwards did she realize the implication of what she did. So she was like, fuck, my instincts made me do what I didn't actually want to do. But again, I think this this scene is like completely up to multiple interpretations. Yeah, I think if we both wrote school essays with those differing points of view, we'd still both get full credit for like the argument. Like it's it's and Camille would agree with you, Lane, because Camille shows up and he's like, why did you save Kotz? And she's like, I didn't. And he's like, what? The, God, shut up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Reko and Sirako withdraw as the Argama reinforcements show up. And uh, like, keep in mind, Haman was just kind of like sitting there most of this time, like watching. <laughs> and she was like, oh, well, I guess I'm not needed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she goes back to her ship and Cots uh, just kind of sits there and cries about Sarah. Uh, and uh, the Guadan blows up. Yeah. yeah. Haman does not go back to her ship. Haman goes back to the Guanban. Yeah. Sorry. Um, her new ship, yeah. the Guanban. She goes yeah. back to, well, I mean, the Guanban's her ship too. So. Right, right. And you just kind of see that as a it's another red ship taking off from Axis. Emma goes and tries to talk to Kotz, but he's just kind of too sad about Sarah. But some of the things he say makes Emma go, oh, that's, this is what happened. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, the Guadan gets blown up. Um, yeah, we see, this is where we see the Guanban departing from Axis, as the narrator tells us about everyone's L's. Yep. The end. Yep. Yeah, these these two episodes, I mean, we're we're racing towards the end here. So, um we had uh the gate of Zidane destroyed, lots of access destroyed. We we eventually get access back in in, in some fashion. Um the Guadan destroyed, Sarah dead, Apoly dead, Jamatov dead. Jamatov dead. Um the, that's we had, and this was two episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's it a lot. Tamino was in a great place for this stretch run. It really <laughs> comes through. Yeah. Tamino's yeah, like, getting ah. real good now. Tamino's like, I need to like, uh, kill everybody that I meant that <laughs> I need to kill everybody. Who's not got a contract for the next series. Voice actors. Show. <laughs> Gosh, or just, oh, we started storyboarding the new series. These people aren't in it. <laughs> They're going to die. I need to make room for the Moon Moon characters. I have a <laughs> cast of 28 new characters for the first episode of the next series and 35 for episode two. We've got to start killing people. <laughs> 
I can't pay these people minimum wage and keep the show alive. <laughs> yeah, this is this is really like to me like where we get to like the really cool parts of Zeta and like the really driving story. It's it's funny because the parts of Zeta that you remember the most, like I, I, I'm reflecting on it, not just this rewatch, but you know probably the one before as well most of what you end up remembering from this show is like the first couple episodes, the stuff with four Amaro here and there. And then like the last 12 episodes. Yeah. And, and Zeta's like, or double Zeta is like the first 20 episodes. You forget or want to forget. And then the last 30 episodes you're like oh this is really good <laughs> placate the studio and then we go back to doing what we were doing yeah yeah all right you guys got anything else yeah that, that, that cubal is a bitch to pose and that elbow joint's just one little poly cap mm -hmm. <laughs> it, look it's an older master grade yeah, you got it, a, one of the newer ones didn't you too i mean it's a newer release but uh -oh. The, the base tooling for the Cubelay Master Grade is not super duper new. It's it's not it's not so aged that it feels old. Um, it's not a G40 Cubelay though. Oh no! <laughs> Can't make it suck its toes. <laughs> I don't know. This one's got the this is the Cubelay Embolier. It has the toes that that uh, point upwards at the end, unlike the TV version. So uh, it might. <laughs> Maybe that extra little curve is what it needs. There, look, that would. Uh, there are so many um, uh, men of culture on the internet that would like to suck Haman's toes. That it wouldn't shock me if there is something with that feature. Join us in two oh, weeks as we God. talk about the Cubelay sucking on its own toes. It's even worse than you're like. ASMR radio announcer voice that you're trying to do there. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks for checking in. We'll see you again in two weeks. Uh, feel free to follow us on Twitter at new type flash pod or on our mobile suit Gundam subreddit posts. Uh, thanks for checking in and we will see you soon. If there was a new type with a foot fetish, would they just see like space flashes of feet coming at them? Wonder what Amaro thinks about when he's floating through time and space. Wow, those feet, I mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> <laughs>